having that open closed cart, it's just, it adds scarcity. It's really fun to get a big batch of students all at once. And so they're kind of moving through the journey together. So I really, really love doing launches. Welcome to episode 37 of the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy. And this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with my online piano course and now after eight years of being an engineer, I'm proud to say that that online piano course is the main way that I support my family. Today on the show, I had the pleasure of speaking with Abby Ashley, who is a virtual assistant uh, expert. She became a uh, virtual assistant and then decided to put together an online course on how to uh, be a good virtual assistant and she is just crushing it with her online course uh, the VA bootcamp and uh, We talked about a lot of cool stuff. It was a really enjoyable conversation. She's passionate about The the virtual assistant side of things. She's also passionate about the marketing side of things and she just comes at this with a, such a cool perspective and so uh, some of the things we talked about was um, how she how she's able to manage doing she, she sells her course through an evergreen webinar so that anybody that goes to her site and is ready to buy can do that. Uh, but also she does like a big public launch twice a year as well. So we talked about how she's able to manage those two things together. We talked about why her first online course actually flopped. And we talked about her advice for actually finding a virtual assistant. If you're in this position and you're an online entrepreneur and you're working on your online courses, hey, we need people to work with us and for us. And she talked about some of her best advice to find good people to work for you as a virtual assistant. So once again, just super enjoyable conversation. I'm really pumped up about this episode. And so let's jump on into the conversation with Abby Ashley. Hey, Abby, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on because um, you, you're kind of uh, an expert at a couple of things that I'm, I'm really passionate about. One, of course, online courses, and then also virtual assistants. So I'm really excited to talk to you about uh, those two things today. Me too. I'm super pumped to be here. So to start, why don't, why don't you take me back, if you could, to kind of what led up to that moment when you got the idea to make an online course? Right. So I definitely did not start out with the intention to create an online course. I don't think... I mean, I didn't really know this whole world even existed back in 2012, 2013. Um, I started out be with uh, becoming a virtual assistant myself. That's how I kind of broke into the online world. Uh, and it's still really the way that I recommend a lot of people break into the online world, even if they do eventually want to have a course. I think that creating an audience, creating an online course is really uh, it can take some time. It's kind of the long game. It can be very, very profitable, but, um, you know, offering services online is such a quick way to make a good income online. And so, um, yeah, I started a virtual assistant business back when I was about to have my first daughter in 2013. And, um, I did that for a few years. I was able to replace my full-time income with virtual assistants. And, um, I actually, one of the clients that I got was, uh, a very like big name 
course creator. And um, so I worked for him for probably almost a year. And the more, it was, honestly, it was like the best paid internship that I ever had working for him. It was incredible because I learned so much. I mean, he was launching courses that were doing, you know, half a million every time he would launch. It was insane. And so um, I just felt like I learned so much working, um, working for him. And so after a while, I just had this, I was like, I think I could do this. Like, I think that I could create an online course. And um, so I decided to, to create online, uh, um, an online course. It was not virtual assistant based at first. It was, um, I kind of just did a very general like marketing and I don't even know. They were terrible, to be honest with you. <laughs> and they totally flopped. Um, and that was pretty much my 2016 was the struggle of figuring out how to actually make a good online course. And, um, and I came to creating a virtual assistant course at the end of 2016. So I launched that in December of 2016. After really deciding that instead of trying to be all things to all people, I just needed to teach what I knew as, you know, like teach my experience. And that is when things just really took off. Wow. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things I want to touch on there. That's so fascinating. Do you mind sharing who that big course creator yeah. was that you worked for? Brian Harris over at Video Fruit. He's still a really good friend. I was actually literally just texting him a few minutes ago. He's um, a good friend of mine and uh, he's, I, I learned so much. I still consume his content all the time. He's just uh, an awesome course creator and teacher. Yeah, he is an awesome content uh, creator as well. I've, I don't think I've bought any of his courses, but I've definitely like read his blog, seen his videos. And I remember uh, a couple of two, three years ago, reading a post on his blog about like just launches and launch strategies. And I personally gained a lot of insights just from reading his blog about yeah. launches. So that's a, that's a really, uh, really well-respected person in just the online course, online marketing, online video arena. So I'm curious how you landed that job with him. <laughs> so he actually has, it's so funny. He has a blog post about how to, um, get hired by big name people. It's like, uh, if you type in video fruit, Amy Hoy, it's like about how this guy got a job with Amy Hoy. So I basically used that strategy and pitched him, um, to work with him. And it's actually now one of the strategies that I teach to virtual assistants and I give all credit to Brian, but I literally used his own strategy on him to pitch him. Um, I, I think I, I sent him an email just like out of the blue about, um, like, I could create a, a, a free teachable course off of his content. And I went ahead and like created the course for him. Like I spent days before I emailed him and I was like, look what I did for you. You can have it for free. And then he's like, let's get on a call. So awesome. Went from there. Awesome. So one of the other things you mentioned that was interesting was you, you didn't, you don't necessarily recommend people that kind of want to get into online business or entrepreneurship, go straight into an online course. You, you recommend that they maybe start as a virtual assistant first because what, what were the reasons for that? You know, I, and by all means, I mean, people can, if they know they want to do course creation, go into it for sure. And I do recommend building an audience from day one, um, no matter what you do. But I, in my opinion, for course creation to be really successful, there have to, there has to be a number of people that know, like, and trust you enough to want to buy from you. And that can take time to cultivate. I mean, it took me, I wasn't really concentrating on it, but I slowly was building my list while I was doing virtual assistants just because, you know, 
people said you should do it. So I was like, okay, I'll build a, li a list. So by the time I launched my online course, I had a thousand people. It took me four years to get that, that group of online people, right? Four years, 13, 14, 15, 16. So I guess three years to, to get that. And, um, so I feel like in my opinion, courses are kind of the long game. If you're, if you're able to do that, so maybe you're building a course while you have another source of income, then by all means go straight into courses. But if you need kind of a quicker source of income to make money online, in my opinion, doing services, freelancing, virtual assistant is a great thing to do because you can learn so much about the online space while you're creating your own course, creating your own audience. I don't, I don't know if you can hear this right now, but I hear my oldest daughter crying in the background. And that's, that's part of this life of being like an entrepreneur, starting your own thing, working from home. I know you've got two young kids as well. So yes. I don't know if you can hear that coming through, but you know, I'm sure some, you know, her little sister took something away from her or something like that. And, um, you know, dogs are barking and whatnot. So I, I'm curious if you have any tips for me, just like, or other people out there who have young kids since, since this distracted distraction came up for managing a family and a business. And I'm assuming you work from home. Yes. So, um, and the majority of the people that I train are, um, you know, I, I have a lot of people who are married a lot, who are married with kids or, or just have kids. And uh, there's a lot of families that, you know, people come into wanting to get into the online space that also have a family. And even if you don't, I mean, everybody has, you know, other, priorities, a full-time job, uh, all of that. And so, um, you know, I really, I really think that it's important to have some sectioned off time that's devoted and not distracted time. Like I am a big fan of time blocking. So making sure that there are blocks of time in my week that I have that is completely uninterrupted. And that looks a lot different for me right now than it did, you know, uh, four years ago. Um, at the beginning, I did a lot of waking up really early. I did a lot of working through nap times and saying to my husband, can I have two nights a week where I can go to a coffee shop and just get work done, you know, and he really supported my efforts and so would do that. But um, it may be like doing a babysitting swap one night if people don't have that option with, a, with another friend. Um, I think that it is important to know to have that distracted and not devoted or that devoted and not distracted time. Um, so currently, I mean, we've gone to the point where I went from working during nap times to having someone come and watch the kids in the house to um, now my kids do actually attend a daycare, um, which it has been really awesome because I get a full work day. Um, but I love also the aspect that if I'm like, I miss my kids, then I can just, it's my, I own my own business. So I can just go get them and take them to the park or whatever. So it's, it's taken a long time to get to this point, but uh, it is nice to have that flexibility. Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's great to be able to walk out to the living room at any point in the day and be able to give my kids a hug and a kiss. Yeah. But at the same time, I you know we have to if if we want to be successful, we have to have that time to ourselves to to put in the work because being successful requires that time. I think uh, yeah. with with as little distraction as possible. So jumping back before that distraction. Um, I, I completely agree with you in terms of, you know, starting out with as, as some sort of, um, I would call it more of a consultant, right? You use the word virtual assistant. Do you think that consultant is almost interchangeable with what you're saying about virtual assistant starting out that way and, and doing a course later? I think that, I don't know if I would say necessarily interchangeable, but I think that 
being able to have a, a product or a service that you can sell, right? Offering a product or a service um, that is high touch, that is you, you know, that you are involved, um, that you can market it on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So, um, and something that can be reoccurring income is a really, is really, really great because courses are harder to sell on a one-on-one -on -one model. I mean, I guess you could do it, but unless if your course is $3,000 and you you only need to sell one a month then, or two a month, you know, then, then maybe that could be a model, I guess, but to find a consulting client or a virtual assistant client where they're paying you a thousand dollars a month and you can have a couple of clients, um, I, I, that's that in the long run is usually easier, um, in my opinion, than getting a huge list of people and selling a course. Uh, and it's just something that you can do simultaneously too. So, um, you, you know, virtual assistants, in my opinion, is more when you're doing like a, a service particularly it's less of the coaching consulting and it's more just the hey here give me your tasks you know the stuff that is taking too much time on your plate and I'll take over those for you for like an hourly or a package rate um so I feel like that's a little different than the coaching or consulting but a lot of people especially if you have um something that you can coach or consult that you are you know that you'd already consider yourself to be an industry leader or, or at a position where you could coach or consult someone, then by all means do that. Now your, your training today, your online courses and your training today is focused on helping other people who, who want to be virtual assistants, right? Yes. So that so, is my course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So let me ask you this, um, you know, as, as, as on, online business owners, online entrepreneurs, you know, we're, we're the ones or some of the ones looking to hire virtual assistants, right? So on the other side of the equation, like what, what are your best tips um, in terms of a process for hiring virtual assistants? Yes. Um, so I, I have a little bit of knowledge in all of these areas because I've created a course, I've been a virtual assistant and I've hired, I right. have a team of five people. So I, I have done the hiring process many times myself. And so one of the things that uh, has really helped me is to take the process slowly, that it's okay not to just jump in and bring on somebody on a, on a huge commitment basis the, the very first time you find out about someone. Put out a job posting. Um, if you go to my website, thevirtualsavvy.com slash hire, we have, it's totally free, just a, where you can download, or I'm sorry, where you can put um, a job posting and that we'll send out to, you know, our, our group of 20,000 virtual assistants and you can get some job leads that way. Um, or you can get some, you know, virtual assistants trying to uh, apply for your job that way. So whatever platform you use, but I would, I would say do it as a small commitment. So give someone a test project, say, all right, here's a one-time project just to see their style of work. Maybe you if you're hiring someone to do graphics for you, maybe you don't like their style at all. And that's not something that's going to change. So hire them for a one-time project. Then what I like to do is to hire somebody for a 30-day stint. So then you're not just seeing their quality of work, you're seeing their quality work over time. Are they responsive? You know, do they answer quickly to emails? Do they, um, do they excel above and beyond on the projects that you give them? And then after that, if you want to move into more of an ongoing 
you know, retainer with them, then, then move forward with that. But I think that it's good to do it in gradual steps. That way you just make sure that you're really working with somebody that's going to be a good fit for the long term. I think it's really cool what you're doing in terms of, of the people you're trying to help because I, I, I need help as a business owner. And I have several people that work for me as well, mostly on a part-time basis. And the one person that I would consider most closely to like a, a virtual assistant um, she's just completely invaluable to my business, you know, but I, I, it was a lot of, I would say luck finding here. I mean, I did put a job posting on Upwork and there was a lot of people that applied that just were not going to going to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. And, and there wasn't even like a close second place when I, when she came across and if she hadn't come across that posting, I don't know where my business would be today. So I love that you're out there and you're trying to, to train these people on, on, on being virtual assistants. Cause I think it's a big need out there. So next I, I want to talk about like your website and your marketing and your funnel and, and your sales process for your course, because, you know, I've been on your website a lot today and I've just been trying to dissect it cause it's just, it's so well laid out and it's so clean and you can tell what you're trying to, to get the visitors to your site to do. So I guess let's talk tools first, right? So what do you use to, to build your website? Yes. So I, um, it's a WordPress website. I actually had it um, custom designed. Um, and so I, I love that. I, there's also a bunch of great themes out there. I know Squarespace. I don't know if I necessarily have a preference when it comes to website design itself. Um, but there's a few key tools that I really, really love. So um, I do use ConvertKit for my email marketing and love them. Um, really, really enjoy the way that they can just track and um, the different segmenting that I can do. I, I really, really like ConvertKit. Um, we use, let me think of a few, we're in the process of switching a few things. Um, I use Teachable for my online course. I really, really like that. Uh, we are in the process of having all of our payments go through SamCart, um, just because we do have a variety of products now and we want them all to have that that payment, that checkout be in one same place. So we are switching our actual payment processing over to SamCart right now. Um, internally, we use Slack all the time for team communication. I use, um, we use Trello for organizing. We use um, uh, Loom. I don't know if you're a Loom fan, but I use use loom.com. I'm obsessed with loom. We, my team, we just send videos back and forth all day to each other. And I actually recommend people use loom also when they are like applying for virtual assistant jobs. Like it's replaced the way I do email. I don't even write emails anymore. I just do a loom video and I just read the video and respond to the email in video. And then people's minds are like blown. Like, Oh my gosh, she sent me a personal email. And I'm like, this was 10 times easier than me actually sitting down and typing five paragraphs to you. So, um, um, yeah, those are some of those are some of the tools uh, that I use right now. Um, yeah, I, I do the same thing. I actually, I'm very familiar with Loom. I use something called Screencast-O-Matic. Oh, yeah. and I do the exact same process. And like you said, people are like blown away that instead of like typing out a long email, you're just putting a link to a video and just explaining it. And I always in those videos, I'm always like, look, I'm a better speaker than I'm a writer. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this. But I also reply to like support requests for my piano students sometimes like that because if there's a concept that I can't easily explain in just email I can just whip up 
Screencast-O-Matic, record a one-minute video. It's so, so easy. Yes, 100%. So these tools, are, you're also using ClickFunnels as well, right? I am. Is that one of the ones you're moving away from? I mean, you didn't mention it. <laughs> it is. I don't know if I should talk about that on here. I am switching currently to lead pages from ClickFunnels. I just found, um, honestly, it was because we're doing SamCart. SamCart has the affiliate part. Um, I like lead pages and it's cheaper. So we are, we are making that transition away. No, that's great. I, I use ClickFunnels, but I, I don't like, I don't use things like Teachable or SamCart because I use the ClickFunnels features of that. And I've never really tried either one of those. So just personally, I'm curious why you're not using the ClickFunnels, you know, order forms and the membership site. So, well, part of it is um, I, I did start my courses on Teachable and the process of moving it over would be pretty lengthy. I also just personally found uh, it, it just didn't fit me personally, ClickFunnels. Um, it's, it's a little clunky. I've had um, a, a few like glitchy problems. <laughs> I don't want to like bash ClickFunnels because people love it. Yeah. And it just, it just wasn't a good fit for me and my team. And um, I, I feel like for, for us, just using that combination of lead pages, Teachable and SamCart is just a better flow for us. It just, it just works better for me and my team. So it is really piecing together three tools instead of using just the one. So if somebody's already gone in and, and, and you, you know, you don't want to use three tools then ClickFunnels could be an awesome option. But for us, it just made more sense to use these three separate tools. Okay. And most of your revenue comes from one online course. Is that correct? Yep. So my VA bootcamp, it's my signature course. It's teaching people how to become virtual assistants. Uh, we do also have a tech membership. So um, it's a monthly membership site. It is for virtual assistants, creatives, really anyone who wants to learn tech. And so every month we add a new tech course. So we have a we're adding a ClickFunnels course, we have a lead pages course, we have a ConvertKit course, a Canva course, a Trello course. So every month we add a new course to that membership and it's a monthly site that currently, we didn't launch it too long ago. So that makes us about like 8,000 a month currently. So that's just some nice residual income, but that's not really my big money maker. Okay, anymore. so the big, the big money maker is the VA bootcamp. So let's focus in on that a little bit. What is the main way that people, like what is the funnel for people to buy that? Yeah, so I do two launches a year. I love launches. I really, really do. Um, I think that having that open closed cart, it's just, it adds scarcity. It's really fun to get a big batch of students all at once. And so they're kind of moving through the journey together. So I really, really love doing launches and it's just a big, exciting like influx of cash for your business and then um and it's also really good i think that no matter even if you want to do your course evergreen eventually you should at least start out with a launch open the cart close it and then transition to an evergreen ongoing model uh because a launch can just be really really powerful with that scarcity and that urgency so I started out doing just launches. Um, you know, I launched the very first time I launched, it was a list, it was to a list of um, a thousand people. I actually hadn't even created the course yet. I just, it was just the way that Brian Harris teaches how to do it. I had, um, I had the idea for a course. I, my audience had told me that's what they wanted to learn. And so I came up with basically like a sales page and what the modules would be. And I sold it for 500 bucks. 
And from my list of a thousand people, I had 16 people buy. So I made $8,000 in a week. And then I was like, oh, this I think is going to work. <laughs> so, um, so from there I launched, I started launching again, um, two times a year. So I still do that. Um, and that launch has grown and grown and grown with each new launch with, you know, the more email subscribers I get, that launch gets bigger. And then the, um, I did recently start doing an evergreen model. And so if somebody visits my website for the first time, then they still can watch a webinar training and get a one-time offer to purchase the course at that time. Um, which uh, the reason why I started to do that, um, one, it's great to have an evergreen flow of cash as well, and not just these two big launches. Um, but also practically I did a customer journey so I said from the moment somebody finds out about me what do they need first and really the first thing they need is that signature course I don't want them to have to wait six months to get it if it's the first time they're finding out about me so really from a practical standpoint it made sense to have this kind of free training that somebody could watch and get a one-time offer to purchase that course and then if they don't take me up on that then they can wait till the next launch where where did you learn about that particular strategy particular strategy of doing two launches a year but also doing kind of an evergreen launch through an evergreen webinar um so that has mostly the formation of that funnel and it's still a little bit in like i'm still tweaking that um that has been largely due so uh, my current coach i'm in a mastermind with mariah cause entrepreneur she is amazing do you know of her she yeah i've heard of her uh-huh oh my gosh she is phenomenal she has so much knowledge and i've learned i like literally within two weeks i made my money back from the mastermind with like one of the ideas she had like it was just it's awesome so she um she's the one that's really helping me develop that evergreen system behind the two launches cool okay so i can go i noticed that i, I could go to your website and i could register for that that free training there's a big free training button at the top and there's other places I think to get there. And you want me to register for this, uh, this webinar webinar, and I can then buy the course there. Uh, yep. What's the, is there, are there replays of that? I mean, what's the open cart window there? Yeah. So it's about a week long open cart that, that you'll, okay. you'll be able to get that. And then at that point you would have to wait till the next launch. Right. And so are you sending out a lot of emails during this week? Oh yeah. I am like, I am not shy to email people. A <laughs> lot. I think people get like so scared, like, Oh, I can't send more than like one email a week. I'm like, shoot. I'm like, sometimes I'll send three emails a day, especially yeah. with during a launch, like people. And that's the thing is that the people that want to buy from you are, are not going to mind those extra emails. They're going to eat them up. They're going to want to hear from you. And the only people that are going to get annoyed by a ton of emails are the people that were never going to buy from you anyway. So um, as long as it's not just annoying, like buy my course, buy my course, as long as you're putting good, valuable information, yep. I have tips, I have testimonials, you know, I'm, I, I try to really have great content in those emails. So yeah, I mean, they'll, they get emailed every single day, sometimes three times a day. If it's, especially if it's like a launch sequence. My fate, I do that too. And my favorite is once kind of the launch period is over, I'll get people that email and be like, dude, I was going to buy your course, but you just emailed me too much, which is totally BS because he could have just bought after the very first email. Yeah. It's like, no, no, you weren't. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I'm just thinking about how this could work. So let's say that you've got your big launch planned for next week. 
can I still register for that evergreen webinar this week? How do you handle that? So we haven't really had that evergreen webinar. That's, that's really new. So my plan is to actually kind of turn it off. Um, uh, well, about three weeks before my launch, I kind of, I have it in my calendar to, to kind of shut that down and, and at least not like really advertise it about three weeks before the launch. That way it gives people a little bit of time to, you know, really focus on one thing. Awesome. Okay. So can, can you share about like how many core sales you're, you're, you're doing per day or per week or per month, something like that? Yeah. So that funnel currently is getting about, um, I get between like 15 and 17 sales a month. So that's like 15 to 17,000 a month, um, in sales from that webinar. Um, but we did, we, we just started that, I mean, really maybe a month or a couple of months ago. Um, and that is, um, and we haven't run any, any like paid traffic to it yet. So that's just all organic traffic coming to the site. Um, that's making that monthly reoccurring income. Awesome. Well, you said you're, you're big into launches. And so let me ask you this question about launches because you obviously are successful with webinars and evergreen webinars. Uh, I use a very, another very popular launch strategy, which was made famous by Jeff Walker, product launch formula, uh, three-part video series coming over the course of a week or two. Then yes, right? Yeah, PLC. absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I use that for piano in 21 days and that's working well for me. Did you go through the process of, of weighing the pros and cons between uh, a, a product launch formula style launch versus a webinar style launch? Oh, I do both. <laughs> I just do them both. So during my launches, I have, um, I, I basically go, um, I go live every single, I actually, it used to be behind closed doors. I used to have basically my, my three part video series. I used to make people register for it. And then, um, I would do it like on a click funnels or a lead pages or whatever, a video, a pre-recorded video. Um, but this last launch, I tried something new, which I really enjoyed, which was, I would still before that three part series, send people to a landing page. So I was getting emails, but then what I would do is I would just send them a link to a Facebook live. And then I actually did those live, which what I loved about that is then I could send some paid traffic to those lives to kind of increase the visibility of it and um and not just have it behind closed doors because there could have been people who missed out on that and then they're not going through my whole system so uh i really like now for that three-part video series because i do the same thing i think sometimes i've done three sometimes i've done five it like changes a little bit um every time i launch but this last time i did Facebook live streams and I really enjoyed that. So I basically do, you know, three to five days of live streams. And on that last one, it's okay. Cart is opening up and there is an open cart discount or some kind of a bonus. I'm always doing like little spikes of scarcity and urgency. So there's like an open cart bonus and then that shuts down. And then I'll invite people to a webinar. And then during the webinar, there's some kind of special webinar bonus. And then we have the scarcity of the clothes cart too. So there's really three big spikes of scarcity and urgency throughout the course launch. And then after that's over, then I even do like a downsell too, um, just to make sure that if there's someone who couldn't really afford it, that I'm still giving them a chance to buy something. Okay, awesome. So let me ask you this. If there's somebody that is ready to kind of get started with an online course, uh, they have an idea, 
what is, what is some of your advice you'd have for that person? Yeah. So I would recommend just start building an audience right away. <laughs> um, like, and it's okay if the first couple people on your list aren't maybe going to be your ideal clients in the long run, just start getting people on your list. Because even if, you know, uh, you're selling your, your piano in 21 days course and the people on your list are someone are people who would never ever want to learn piano, but they like, they have no musical, they're totally tone deaf, right? But they know people who do. So if they're on your list and especially like at the very beginning, friends, family, whoever, they hear of somebody that's, you know, that wants to learn piano, boom, you're the first person that's going to come to their mind. So I, I really think eventually you want your, your email list to be more targeted toward your ideal client. But in that, those first hundred subscribers or so, just get anyone you can, anyone that's like a living, breathing body to, to get on that list. Just so, um, because it really does start to compound over time. The more people that know about you are going to talk about you are going to share what you have to offer. So I recommend just building that audience from the very beginning. Um, I personally like am under the train of thought that I, I like for, to see people have a list of a thousand subscribers before they launch some kind of an online course. Some people disagree with me on that and that's fine. It's just what worked really well for me because you can just see, um, you know, a lot more return for your efforts. I also like the idea of pre-launching a course before you actually create it. Cause those, I told you, I created some courses that totally flopped. Um, those courses, I, I did not pre-validate at all. I didn't ask a single person. Well, okay. I take that back. I did a free beta test, which is what a lot of people do. And I thought my courses were going to be wildly successful because I had 50 people sign up for my free beta test. But all it validated is that people wanted to pay me $0 for my course. <laughs> it didn't validate at all that someone would actually pay me money. So then when it was like, hey, now pay me money for this course, one person did it. And I, I had spent three months, pay, you know designing and, and creating those courses. So the, I, I'm a huge fan of having, if you're going to do some kind of a beta, still make it something that people have to pay for because the only way to validate that someone's going to pay for your course is to actually have someone pay for your course. Abby, this has been a fantastic conversation. I've really enjoyed getting into your story. I literally have an entire page worth of notes here. I've been awesome. capturing as we've been talking. Um, so thank you so much for joining me. And, you know, in closing, if you could just, if there's anything else you want to share with the audience and also let people know uh, what, where, the, where all they can find you online. Yes, definitely. Um, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, I mean, course creation has changed my life. It's changed my family. We've moved three times this past year and had job loss. We had a lot happen. And if it wasn't for having an online course, uh, my family life would look very different. So I'm really excited about what you're doing, helping people venture into that because it really has been such a life-changing difference in my life, in my business. So um, yes, if you guys do want to know more about virtual assistants, that's pretty much all I talk about. And I talk about it a lot on my blog, thevirtualsavvy.com. You can go there, you can download my checklist, thevirtualsavvy.com slash checklist is where you'll get direct access to um, a complete step-by-step -step guide. If you do want to offer services online to start making that quick money, then you can download that checklist. It gives you step-by-step -step what to do on how to launch your own virtual assistant business. Thanks, Abby. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Abby for joining me on the show today. If you are interested in 
potentially becoming a virtual assistant, definitely go check out her stuff. Or if you're more interested on the online course side of things and to, to hopefully be successful like Abby Ashley has, I've got some uh, free training waiting for you at the online course guides, the eight steps to starting your own profitable online course based on your hobby or passion. And you can go ahead and get that now at the online course guy.com. And we'll see you next time on the online course guy podcast.